Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. This morning, we're beginning a new sermon series called God's Speed. And Fabs is going to share more about that in a second. But our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Welcome to the Vine. If you're new here, my name is Fabienne. People call me Fabs because Fabienne is hard to say. Um, But I've recently came on staff here, and it's been so fun, and I'm excited to get to see all your faces in this new fun space. So as Mark said, we're starting a new series called Godspeed, an alternate pace for a frantic world. And we're hoping our hope for this series is just that we together would practice following Jesus and his pace. Just slow down, right? Jesus, when you look at his life, it just seems so unhurried. He has this unwillingness to rush. He seems like he has space for people and relationships and God to do things in his life. And so we're hoping through this series that we would all grow in that, me especially, because I struggle with it. Um, But today, we're just going to talk through that passage that that Mark just read for us. Um, When I first started going to church as an adult, I remember I was in this class, and they did this activity where they got this jar out, and then they had these M&Ms, and they had a Snickers bar. And they said the M&Ms represent kind of like all the sweet things in life, good things, like time with your family, time with friends, sometimes work, those kind of things, sleep, eating, things we like. Um, And they said the Snickers bar represents Jesus. And I remember them saying, because Snickers really satisfies. (laughs) And they had this jar. The jar was our time. And within each day, you know, we get a certain amount of time. And they showed us that if you put the sweet things in first, if you fill the jar with the M&Ms, and then try to put the Snickers bar in, it doesn't fit. It overflows. But, dump out the jar, put the Snickers bar in first, and then the M&Ms, and the M&Ms kind of line around the Snickers bar, everything fits. (laughs) And the idea of this activity, I think, was like if you start the day with your quiet time with Jesus, then the the whole day will go perfectly. Um, And what what I like about it is that it helps us visualize that we have a limited capacity, right? We do have limited time as humans. We have 24 hours in a day, and there's nothing we can do to expand that. And the truth is the world will throw at us in one day enough M&Ms to fill like a million jars. We, We have to prioritize. We do have to prioritize what goes in the jar and in what order. But what I I think this week processing what's challenging for me about the activity is it seems to imply that the jar will work best, it will fit everything in it if you just organize it well. Like if you just prioritize in the right order, you'll be able to get everything in and and the jar will work better that way with everything in in the right order. And I just feel like the jar works better with less in it, like with more space. Right, the beginning of the pandemic, as awful as everything was, a lot of our M&Ms in our life got stripped away, 
right? We weren't able to go and spend time with friends. We weren't able to go out to eat. We, sporting events, parties, even our vine groups were, were canceled, right? It was hard. And as much of a loss that that was, at least in my community, I felt everyone sort of breathe this collective sigh of relief, like we could feel that having more space in the jar, it felt better, right? It felt better as a human, like your design, it was like, this is horrible, everything happening is horrible, and also this pace of life is a little more sustainable, right? It felt, I felt that, and I think our bodies communicate that to us all the time, right? Like, we get sick, we get tired, we need caffeine throughout the day because our body is trying to tell us, like, it's, this pace is, is too much, and we have this, these emotions of anxiety or what I, I call it stress because it makes me feel better about it. But this constant hum of stress in, your, in the background of your life, it's, it's your brain trying to say, like, it's, it's too much. I was made to have a little more space in the jar. And, like, when you listen to us talk, we don't even talk about our lives. Like, if you think about that jar as your day, when it's filled to the brim, we act like it's not even our life. We act like it's something we have to get through to live life on the other side. Right, we talk that way, like when we're busy, we talk like I just gotta get through today and then tonight I'll be able to relax. Or this week's just crazy, I have things every day, but if I just get to the weekend, that's where life will be. Or this season is just so crazy, I've got young kids, I just need to get through this and then I'll find life. We forget that like, this is life. It's busy or not, but it's life. And we're, we're missing it because we've filled it to the brim. Life is found in those spaces it's found when we have margin for relationships and people and needs. Like, we see that with Jesus. We see that in the pace of his life, that he has made space for people, made space for God, right? He would get alone to a desolate place and pray. He'd get physical space, mental space, space from people, time, and he'd listen to God and give God room to work. And even, like, he had so much space that he was, as Mark always says, highly interruptible. Like, when people interrupt me, they're displacing something else in the jar. Like, the jar is so full that, like, if you interrupt, that means you've just moved something out. <laughs> so I don't have time for it. But Jesus, he was highly interruptible. Like, one time he's teaching in the synagogue, and as, he, as he's, like, preaching, you know, this guy has a, a withered hand, and Jesus stops the sermon or the teaching, and he goes and he heals this guy. And... Thinking about this, that this week, I was like, me and Jesus, we are different. Like, I used to teach classes, and I'd have an hour and a half block, and if someone raised their hand in that hour and a half, I remember, like, the feeling of anxiety, even though I love questions, and I love it when people interact. But my heart was like, okay, I've got these notes to get through. I only have an hour and a half, so, like, you're, it doesn't fit, and we can't go over. <laughs> I have another class right after it, and I assume everyone in the room has also packed their schedule so full that we can't run late, right? I'm so different from Jesus who's willing to be interrupted because he has enough space for that. And even when, like, something really important was on the line for Jesus, like, there was this one time, there's a ruler, and he comes to Jesus, and his daughter is sick, and he asks Jesus, like, hey, will you come, and will you help heal my daughter? Jesus says yes, and they're on their way. They're on their way to do this, and someone touches the edge of Jesus' robe. Like, no one's even asking him for anything, but he stops everything, and he, like, turns to her, and he interacts with her. It's like, if there was ever a time to be in a hurry, Jesus, there's a little girl who's sick, who needs you. But Jesus, he has so much space. He, he has this pace of life that leaves room for that kind of interruption. And so today, as we talk through this passage, my hope and my heart is that we all leave feeling like we too can have this. Like we don't have to have this busy life. We get to decide. 
And in this passage, we're gonna see the key, we're gonna see this truth that sets us free to empty out the jar a little bit, to let go of a few things. So we're just gonna work through it. Uh, So Katie, you can throw the text up there. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So let's already stop because I love this. Jesus and his disciples were on their way and he came to a village. Like, they're on their way, they're going somewhere, and they just happen upon this village and they stop for the night. Again, Jesus and I are different. I was thinking about a road trip I took earlier this year. I was on my way to New York for nothing, just for fun. There wasn't like a time I had to arrive. I wasn't on a schedule. But at no point did it cross my mind to just like stop and look around and be like, oh, I've happened upon this lovely village in Virginia. Let me stop and get out and interact with some people and have some relationships and see what God does. No, I was like, with my Google Maps, where it tells you how many minutes it's gonna take, I was seeing how many I could cut off of the journey. Like, how many minutes can I beat them by? And, and in my mind, it was the same feeling of like, I've gotta get through this drive so that life can happen for me. And I was missing that, that life was happening I was just not present in it, right? But Jesus, they're on their way and they came to this village and they stopped. And Martha opens her home to him and it says she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So we've got two sisters. Jesus comes to their house. He's interrupting their plans. He's interrupting his journey to be with them and whatever they got going on, it's now like, now it's gonna be Jesus' time. And, and what I want us to see about this is they're, they're both cool with that. You don't see Martha being like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus, we had a lot of plans this evening, so you can't stay. They're, they're both excited to host Jesus in their house. They both want to have Jesus there. They just have different approaches to how they're gonna engage with him. One sister is gonna sit at his feet and listen. She's focused And one sister is distracted, trying to get things ready, preparing for the meal or for whatever comes later in that evening, right? It's like you've got Mary who is present in that moment of life. She's present with Jesus. And you've got Martha who's like, let me get through the preparations so that we can all then enjoy life, missing the fact that life is happening. Jesus is is there, he's sharing things, he's present, right? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I love that word, distracted. It's such a good word for like both the symptom of being busy and the danger of being busy. When you have too much in the jar, you can never be present. You're always distracted, right? I I do this all the time where I'm at coffee with someone or I'm enjoying time catching up with a friend and I'm like, Okay, let me just make sure no one's texting me. I'm just distracted. I'm thinking about how long till it's over, not because I, I don't want it to ever end, but I know I have another meeting or another event afterwards, and so I'm, I'm distracted. It's so hard to be present. I'm multitasking, even if I'm not physically multitasking, mentally, right? I'm running through my to-do list a little bit. We can tell if we have enough space in the jar when we can be present without distraction, when you can be here, without thinking about what's happening next, without thinking about all you've got to get through today, that's an indicator you have enough space in the jar for life to happen, right? And Martha, I love this, is distracted by the preparations that have to be made. In the ESV version of that, it says, Martha was distracted by much serving. Martha is distracted from Jesus by serving Jesus. 
Like, she's excited Jesus is there. She loves Jesus, and she's not present with him because she's distracted by serving him. That's so wild. How often are we with people, like our families or our friends, and we're distracted? We're not present. We don't enjoy them because we're too busy trying to serve them. And instead of getting to be with people, we're distracted by how we're going to serve people. And even this week, ironically, I was like, okay, I get it. I should... I should be present with Jesus. So I like set aside some time, like sitting at my table, I'm trying to be present with Jesus. And as I'm reading through the scripture, I keep thinking like, oh, that that would be good in like paragraph two of the sermon. So let me move that. And I kept getting distracted, preparing this from Jesus to to serve Jesus, right? Even as as our time went on, mine and Jesus's was like, cool, we've had some good time together, but I'm kind of on a clock because I got to prepare this sermon. And like it's not going to prepare itself, right? Jesus isn't going to, like, type my notes for me. It's hard to understand how it works, and I I know Martha gets a bad rap, but I I really feel for her, right? Because these are preparations that have to be made. Someone has to do it. Who's going to do it, right? And you hear that, like, tension. She would love to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, but these preparations have to be made. You hear that resentment and that tension in what she says next. She comes to Jesus. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Um, When I was reading this, I was like, I'm going to Google who's the older sibling and who's the younger sibling. And like scholars think think that Martha was older because she opened her home. But like I don't need the scholars because I'm a younger sister and I know exactly what's happening here. I've heard this like every day of my life. One of my sisters saying to my mother like, Mom, She's not, she's just sitting there. Tell her to help us. And me is like the youngest child, (laughs) oblivious to all the things that have to be done. Like even now my sisters are always like, do you not, do you not feel like the pressure to ask if someone needs help? I'm like, oh no, no, if they need help, they'll tell me. (laughs) I'm just going to hang out here. I just, I just kind of presume (laughs) the preparations will be made. Classic youngest child. Um, And I love that in this text, when Martha speaks to God, do you hear the first thing she says, Lord, don't you care? Do you hear the ask in that? The ask for compassion, for comfort? Martha is talking like like this busyness is happening to her, like she's a victim of it, and her ask in it is for comfort, is for pity, is for compassion. And I do this all the time, right? People are like, how has your week been? And even the way I say it is the ask for compassion. I'm like, it's been really busy. It's just been so busy. And then, of course, people respond with the, I'm so sorry. Again, like this thing, this affliction of busyness has happened to me, and I need your comfort from it. And in the message version of this, I'm going to find where it says it. Yeah, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me? It's just that this is happening to me since, and I love how Jesus responds to it. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Martha's like, Jesus, this is so unfair. Why does she get to sit there and I have to serve? And Jesus doesn't say, well, Martha, because you guys are in in different seasons of life, and this season of life is, is a season where you sit, and this season is a season where you serve. And he doesn't say, you know, you, you and Martha, you're just, Mary, you're just made differently, Martha. She's the kind of person who's good at this, and you're the kind of person who's good at this. And he doesn't, he doesn't say that. Martha is like, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to serve when she gets to sit? And Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better. Do you hear 
the first truth that I want us to focus on today in that. Mary has chosen what is better. It was a choice. This was a choice. It didn't happen to Martha. She chose it. She, she chose to serve and prepare rather than sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better. It's the big lie in our busyness. It didn't happen to us. We don't have to do it. We are choosing it. We're picking that. You get to decide the pace of your life. Like, post-pandemic, don't you feel like you hear this all the time? I, I say it all the time where it's like, um, you know, it, obviously, like, we're so glad things are opening back up and life's getting a little bit back to normal. But this echo chamber of everyone saying, but like, yeah, it's busy, you know. I sort of miss the pace of life. I sort of miss what it was like when we slowed down. I wish I could have that back. Like, you can't. You get to decide what goes in the jar. Sometimes life hands you circumstances that, yes, will fill it up more times than others, but, but you, get, you have been given dominion over your time. God gave it to you. You get to pick what goes in that jar. And I think this begs the question, if that's true, if, if we pick what goes in the jar. I don't think most of us want to be so busy. So why are we? If we're in control of it, if God gave us dominion and, and we get to select what goes in the jar, why are we choosing to fill it with so many things? I think this is why Martha maybe felt like this was happening to her because the option that she was choosing, it didn't really make any sense. She wants to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. She wants to be resting. So when Jesus is saying you're choosing this, it's, it's like kind of confusing. So it's like, why would she choose that? It's not what she wants. And all week I've been <laughs> wondering that about myself. Like, I don't value work more than being present with my friends. I truly don't. So then why do I keep functionally prioritizing it? Why do I keep putting it in the jar first? Like when I go visit my nieces, I'm so excited to see them. I love being present with them. I like to watch them just turn in circles. It turns out they can do it for hours. Just turn in circles. But within minutes of them turning in circles, a thing I've been thinking about waiting to get to watch them do forever, I'm like scrolling through Instagram I don't value Instagram more than being present with my nieces. I don't value Facebook more than being present with my sister, watching her. She doesn't value it more than being present with her kids. But, but why do we do that? Why are we distracted by things? Why are we putting things in the jar that aren't our true priorities? And I think verse 40 in this text kind of gives us a clue, right? It says, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. They have to be made it feels necessary. That's why we do it. That's why we put these other things in the jar. They feel necessary. Martha would love to sit at the feet of Jesus. She would love to stop preparing the dinner, but in her mind, it's necessary. These preparations have to be made, right? And the truth, the first truth that God has told us is we don't have to fill our jars that way, but, but this right here is key. It's the key to setting us free to not. The key to freeing you up to taking that jar and dumping some things out is if you believe not everything you currently have in there is necessary. And that's what Jesus says in this text, right? He doesn't just tell her choose differently. He tells her you can let it go because, because few things are needed or indeed only one. Right? He's like, Martha, I get it. I get that you have to prepare things. I get that it feels like this has to happen, but, but you get to decide what goes in the jar. And I'm telling you, these things that are filling your jar, they're not as necessary as they feel like they are. Few things are necessary. 
indeed only one. And that's the freedom of this text. I think that the, the sense of this text is Jesus setting Martha free. Like, you don't have to keep choosing that. You can let it go. You can, you can dump some things out of the jar so that you can be present. Be present with me, he says, because few things are necessary, indeed only one. So think about for a second what you have to get done today. Get your little to-do list in your head. And like, imagine for a second that those things that feel like you have to get them done, what if they actually weren't necessary? I know, like, I get it. Like, you're leaving at 4 a.m. tomorrow, so you have to do the laundry today. It has to get done today. Or like, your kids have vacation Bible school this week, so you have to pack their lunches today. That has to happen. Or you have that big meeting at work, so you have to prepare. It's first thing Monday morning, and you didn't do it yesterday. It has to happen today. But like, consider for a second that Jesus is telling the truth. He's saying, hey, 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 actually, you would be shocked. Few things are necessary or indeed only one. Just consider that maybe those things that feel so necessary aren't. Jesus is saying, you will be free to dump some things out of that jar, to see that they aren't as necessary as you think if you have one thing. And what's the one thing? What's the one necessary thing? Mary's modeling for us. She's present with Jesus, and that's like the Sunday school answer, right? What's the one thing you need? The Snickers bar really satisfies. Jesus, right? We all know the answer. Um, But I feel like so often we hear that as like an added task, right? I know you've got so much going on, but make sure you get time with Jesus in. And sort of like that jar illustration I was taught, if you put Jesus in first, then you'll be able to fit everything in as well, and it will just magically work out, but you you have to put Jesus in there first. And it's almost like we hear it like he's trying to add one more thing to our plate, one more burden. Like Jesus is saying, Martha, yes, you do have to prepare, but sit first and then prepare. The truth is he's, he's trying to set us free. God did not bring you here today to add a burden. He didn't bring you here today to tell you, like, I know, you know, you have a newborn and you're getting up like 16 times in the night, but make sure you get up 30 minutes earlier to have your quiet time, even though you can't even stay awake for it. That's not the heart of Jesus. He's trying to set you free He's trying to say all these things that feel so necessary, you can, you can let them go because you, because you have me. If you have me, you can let these other things go. I will keep you safe, right? If, if Jesus is in the jar, then in Jesus is, is like kindness and love and belonging and purpose and everything you would, you would ever want is in him. So like if, if the meeting doesn't go well, you didn't get to prepare for it the way you wanted or if the kids have to buy lunch or heaven forbid you have to call a friend and ask them to pack an extra lunch for your kid, or if, if you go on vacation with dirty clothes, right? You may feel terrible. You may feel like a bad employee or a bad parent, but Jesus says, I will be right here in this jar to tell you that, that your worth is secure, that I've got it all right here. It doesn't depend anymore on how clean your kids' clothes are or what they have for their packed lunch or how well you perform at work. Your, your worth is secure if I'm in the jar. You have what is necessary, right, if you have the presence of Jesus. And Jesus, the person, not like the task on your to-do list or the theological concept, but Jesus, the person, who wants to, like, take your face in his hands and just sing over you how loved you are and how loved you've been since before the foundation of the world. Jesus, who is never distracted, he has unlimited attention that he's ready to fix on you. Jesus, who is always present, always ready, never grows weary of your weird quirks or your dumb jokes or your terrible failures. That person, 
He's yours. He's always there. You can let some things go because you have it all in him. Your worth is secure. And if that person is always with you, then you're free. You're free to like slow down a little bit, create some more space to see what he does. The call of this text is, is for you to, to imitate Christ in his pace, and you can do that if you truly believe, one, that you are in control of that, that you have some control over what goes in the jar. And two, if you believe that you can let go of those things because they may not be as necessary as they feel, if you have Jesus, you have what is necessary. Right, I've been thinking all week about what that looks like practically, and honestly, I have absolutely no idea. So Mark, for the next few weeks, is gonna unpack that for us. Um, <laughs> but for me, I, I mean, this is what it looks like this week. Uh, you know, as I was preparing this, I told you I'm trying to sit there with Jesus, and I just tried the discipline of like resisting that like pull of busyness, risking a little bit to trust Jesus, that like if I empty some things out of, out of the jar, maybe I don't prepare with the degree of perfection or whatever standard it is I have, there's risk in that, I feel it, I'm like, would have liked to do more research on this, would have liked the structure to be more like this, all those things, but I'm trying to let go and be present with Jesus throughout, be with him. Um, yeah, and that was what it looked like for me. And I know, I know, like, people in here have different seasons of life. I understand that there are seasons where there are things in, in the jar that feel really necessary, where there are people who depend on you and life circumstances that press in on you, and that's real. Actually, people need you, and the weight of that is heavy. And, and Jesus gets that. He gets that. When he, that story I mentioned earlier when the ruler, is, they're on their way to, to heal this ruler's daughter and this woman touches his robe and he stops and he spends time with her. The book of Luke tells us that while he's still speaking, while he's in this moment, it says that um, someone comes along and says to the ruler, your daughter has died. Your daughter's died. And I just, like, I can't imagine what that moment was like for that ruler watching Jesus linger in this interaction, knowing your daughter is sick, feeling like if ever there was a time to hurry, it would be this, and Jesus doesn't, and his daughter dies. Of course, we know that, that Jesus goes and resurrects her, but I can't imagine what it felt like for that man. But Martha can. Martha can imagine that, right? She has had this experience. Her brother got sick. They sent for Jesus. He delayed a few days, and her brother died. And when Jesus gets there, the first thing she says to him when she sees him is, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Can't, can't you hear it in those words? Like, couldn't you have hurried? Like, couldn't you have picked up the pace just a little bit? And I don't know why Jesus lives this way, but he does. And he knows what it feels like. He knows that space in that jar, as good as that can feel, it has cost, real cost. It, it can cost you in small ways, right? That feeling of disappointing people or missing out on fun things, having to tolerate the anxiety of your FOMO, right? Risking rejection when you say no, it can cost you in those small ways and it can cost you in really big ways, like missing out on moments that people think you should have been there for so that you can be present in the moments that God has asked you to be there for. It, it can have this cost of letting people down in ways that they feel like you should not have. This feeling of, of I failed them, 
And the only way you can do that is if you, if you trust in Jesus, right? It has big loss, but it also has great gain. It has the gain in like operating in your design as a human, feeling that, that like deep soul breath of like this is what my life is meant to feel like the gain of being present in your relationships, being present with God, being present wherever you are and giving God space to to move, to do things and like watching the way Jesus always was, watching for where he's moving and, and, and being there, being wherever he is. You and I, we get to decide how full that jar is to some extent. Right? And, and we get to let go of some of those things that feel so necessary because we have in Jesus the one thing that's necessary. I'm almost done, but I was thinking this week about uh, this passage and just how it's like this sweet invitation to all of us to get to be that youngest child. Right? You've got Mary, classic youngest child. She's just sitting there. She's like totally oblivious to all that has to be taken care of. When they're done, when she's done, like, staring adoringly at Jesus, she's going to get up and she's going to go to a meal that someone else has prepared. She's just going to assume it's going to be there for her when she gets there. She's going to be present the whole time. She's going to get to sit and eat this delicious food and just listen, hang on Jesus' every word. She assumes that her needs will be taken care of, and that frees her up to be present with Jesus. And I know that can be irritating to you oldest children in here, but isn't that the invitation of God? They are a an adopted child now, and that your heavenly Father knows your needs, and that he will supply every need of yours in Christ Jesus, that he is free. I know it feels like if I'm not responsible for this, who will be? But the answer is God. You're a kid now. You have a father who will provide for you, and you get to assume your needs will be met in him. You get to presume upon his grace for that, and and you don't just get to be a kid. You get to be the youngest kid, you have an older brother in Christ who has prepared that table for you. He lived his whole life preparing that table for you, and right now he lives to intercede for you. All those things you have on your to-do list, you can cast your anxieties on him. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for you right now. He will go through that to-do list all day long with the Father. He won't let a single need that you have drop. And you can trust him. You can trust your older brother. He's good at making the preparations, and you get to be the youngest kid. You get to be like Mary, just sitting there in in the presence of Jesus, just listening and making space in your life for that. So let's pray.